Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 39, Happy on the Way. Welcome to this week's awareness offering. Glad that you're here. Glad that I'm here. If you'd like to support what we do here, as always, the best ways you can do so are by rating or leaving a review and or subscribing on whatever platform you're using to listen, which can help other people find the show. And if you want to share about the show to help other people find it on social or word of mouth, that also helps. And I'm really appreciative of all of those efforts. Um, But As always, I say it every week, we get to drop the effort and just be grateful to be here. And I definitely am this week. So we'll go into our our work together. We'll start with our opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time. Om is the sound of consciousness. It is a neutralizing sound. So it can kind of help take anything we might be coming into this space with that feels charged and give us some neutral space around it, just neutral, open awareness here. That's what we're calling on when we sing Om. And you can do that out loud by singing with me or just by listening. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. You might choose to close your eyes or make your gaze soft just by looking down the tip of your nose or gazing toward the floor, just prioritizing the internal over the external for this practice, if it is safe for you to do that right now and comfortable for you to do that. And then I'll invite you to take a breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is available to you right now. And let all that breath go, just clear some space for yourself here. And then we'll take an inhale for one ohm together. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now we'll go into this week's discussion. I am recording this for you on April 14th, 2022. And that is one day after the 10 year anniversary of Ma Jaya's passing. If you've been listening to this podcast, you have very likely heard me talk about Majaya Sati Bhagavati. She is the, the matriarch, the founder, the primary teacher, the guru of the lineage of spirituality and yoga that I study and teach in. And I never met her while she was in her body, but I have a really deep love for her. And every year, the, the anniversary of her death 
is celebrated in the in the tradition of yoga and Hinduism, which, as I'll always say, are not the same thing, but they grew up in a similar time and place and with similar values, so they have very uh, much influenced each other. But in those traditions, um, death can be be celebrated, especially um, as my my current in her body alive spiritual teacher Swami Jaya Devi said when she was teaching about it a little bit last night um, when someone who's enlightened passes it's a celebration of their dropping of the body kind of the limitations of the human form and uh, being able to merge being able to become one with pure consciousness awareness the universe whatever you want to call it um, again so it's sort of a celebration and so every year on the anniversary of ma's death there is a celebration of her kind of merging back with uh, the essence of the universe essentially and last night was 10 years one decade since ma passed away and so um you know, every year it feels really potent around this time because I love her so much. Um, it feels like there is more access to connect to her, which is really important to me because I did not know her in the flesh. Um, but especially 10 years, there's something really um, just ritualistic and mystical about a 10 year anniversary. And this was the 10 year anniversary of her death. So it felt really potent and really powerful. And so I've been connecting to Ma a lot lately, and um, I, I am centering this podcast around one of her teachings. And I didn't know that this was going to be, you know, I didn't think, oh, it's Ma's Mahasamadhi. I'm going to talk about, sorry, sorry let, me, <laughs> let me rewind for a second. Let me explain that word. Um, Mahasamadhi is the um, Sanskrit word describing the death of a great teacher. Maha Samadhi, which means great bliss. So basically merging back into the formless bliss of the universe um, is what that means. And so we, we, you'll often hear people in my spiritual community and lineage refer to her death as her Maha Samadhi. So, you know, I didn't specifically think to myself, oh, it's this, it's this, uh, it's this anniversary. I'm going to, I'm going to go on the podcast and talk about this specific teaching. Um, I knew I wanted to talk about something having to do with Ma because it's this anniversary and I would be recording the podcast so close to it and I would want to honor it. Absolutely. But I didn't know specifically what I was was going to talk about, but it sort of came up organically as I was working with myself and my own thoughts and my own stuff and my own patterns as often happens. So she has this teaching and it's pretty, it's one of her more well-known um, teachings, epithets. Uh, she said, you have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. You have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. And that's where the title of this episode comes from. You have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. And I have, you know, understood that concept relatively well since I heard it many years ago. Um, you know, it makes sense to me on a cognitive brain mind thinking level that yeah, you know, we just like one of my other great teachers, Thich Nhat Hanh, who recently passed, said, you know, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. We kind of, we will trip ourselves up and we will cause ourselves extra suffering beyond the, the built-in suffering that being a human in the world offers to us if we 
treat happiness like the end goal and miss all the moments of our lives waiting to get somewhere, some kind of mythical end point that we think exists. And that makes sense to me in a, in a, that, that has made sense to me all along in a cognitive way. My mind understood that concept of, okay, happiness is the way I've got to learn to be happy and, and, you know, not miss moments of joy and connection and bliss and goodness and truth and whatever else it may be along the way in, in the day to day moment to moment journey and path of my life. So I understood that in my mind, but last night or yesterday at some point, um, there was a, a dawning, a deeper understanding that hit really my heart. It landed in my heart. Finally, after hearing it all these years, um, a piece of my experience came up and connected in such a way that uh, it imprinted itself on my heart in a deeper understanding. So um, I am, and, and I have shared openly about this on this podcast, I'm in a phase of my life where I am... I am I I know that I want romantic partnership. I want a life partner. Um and I have been learning a lot of lessons and going through a lot of experiences and um seeking in some ways and receiving in some ways, but it has not it has not quite clicked yet. I have not found myself in that position of kind of stability and and knowing that this is my long-term partnership and that's okay. And I'm very clear that it's something that I want. And so, you know, I especially over the last few months I've had a lot of these experiences. I was actually in a relationship briefly um, and then the person that I was with decided they did not want to be in a relationship and so that ended um, and it felt in some ways like okay another one you know another lesson to be learned that doesn't result in what I want you know this thing that I desire and I was kind of reflecting on that at some point yesterday about how you know it feels like you know this might be a dramatization in my own mind because I'm very aware that the mind alone can be dramatic but I also can tend to have a particularly dramatic mind but it feels in my experience like things just continue to not work out there continue to be these more difficult experiences when what i'm really seeking is something that has a little more ease and sweetness and connection and support and it just feels like that continues to not happen and I was able to observe myself, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, and name to myself that I was feeling impatient. I was feeling very impatient. You know, the the tone and texture and flavor of my thoughts um, and emotions was like, okay, when do I get it? <laughs> when do I get the thing that I want? When does it happen for me? How much longer do I have to wait um, in order to to get this thing, to receive this thing that I'm very clear that I desire. And that's when Ma, you know, as she often does, when my my human mind is ruminating and thinking, she pops in and I hear a voice or uh, feel an essence that is separate and very distinct from the tone of my thoughts. And I, I recognize that as Ma. That's when she kind of popped in on, you know, she took the time. <laughs> 
out of her busy schedule on the 10 year anniversary of her death, Jai Ma, thank you, um, to pop in and remind me, mm-hmm, Tara Davy, which is my spiritual name, the, the name that uh, connects me to my commitment to Ma's yoga lineage. She popped in and said, Tara Davy, you have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. <laughs> And again, it's something that I, it's a teaching I've heard for years. I know it, I understand it, but something about the particular circumstances of my life right now, the experiences I have been moving through and learning from in this particular moment created the conditions for it to really land in my heart in a new and deeper way. Because in that moment, I realized I'm treating this this desire for romantic partnership like a destination. I'm impatient for it because I'm treating it like it's a road trip and there's an end point and I'm going to get there and then it's going to be done and I'm going to have it and that even though you know even if I wasn't consciously thinking about it this way for myself that implies that there's a part of me that will be complete. Once I get this thing that I want that is not complete at this moment um, and that, you know, the work will be done almost like there will be some part of my inner work or my life work that will be finished once I find or attain this thing, um, which is, you know, it's kind of dangerous in a lot of ways because one, it, it again, it implies some sense of lack um, internally, some sense of unworthiness within myself that there's a part of me that's incomplete that can only be completed once I attain this thing that I desire. Um, and it also implies that if and when I, I make my way to the phase in my life when I have a long-term romantic partner that I'm done, right? I I found it done. The work's done. Don't have to do any more work when obviously I know that is not the case. I'm very aware that, you know, partnership is its own wild growth and teaching process. And there will be so much inner work that comes up to be done in my capacity to show up as a partner and to receive as a partner. And so I'm aware that that is a complete fallacy. This, this thing my mind wants to do, treating this, my desire for a romantic partnership, like a destination. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm treating it like a destination, that, I think, I think I just, uh, all I can say is I think that my, my mind's uh, mistake of trying to treat it like a destination was enough to, you know, draw the essence of my guru to me, my, my primary teacher, my guru to me on her 10th anniversary of her death um, to remind me that nope, happiness is not a destination. You have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. Of course we want things. Of course I have these desires. I am not going to shame myself for wanting something, having desires. Um, I, I honor that part of myself. And of course it is hard uh, to be alone uh, romantically when you know without a doubt that you actively want that partnership and support. Of course it's, it's difficult and it's sometimes painful. Um, but... The, I don't think that the impatience serves me because being impatient for something as if it is this event, as if it is this, 
you know, it's almost like I've got tickets to a concert and I'm just waiting for the date of the concert to come. And I'm just so impatient. That implies it, it is, it's this big end point when, you know, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. I, one of my mantras, my affirmations over the last year of my life, um, especially has been, I don't know shit. (laughs) I don't know shit. And that's not uh, disparaging. It's not a judgment on myself. It's not harsh or shameful. It is a loving reminder that I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no clue how my life's going to unfold, how my relationships are going to evolve, what is or is not going to come my way. And I have to say that to myself sometimes because I have the kind of mind that really wants to get caught in the narrative of what I think or hope or worry is going to happen. And so it's been really helpful and important for me to remind myself that I don't know shit. (laughs) Um, And so I don't know shit about what this timeline is going to be about, you know, um, how much longer it's going to take for me to find my way to the phase of my life I'm hoping to be in. And, you know, if I spend the, um, the, the, the time, the amount of time, whatever it might be, if I spend that amount of time, you know, just future oriented, just focused on what I want that is not yet here, I'm going to miss what's here. And I know that all of this almost sounds really, you know, straightforward and almost self-explanatory. And it's like, yeah, duh. If we spend all our time focusing on the future, we're going to miss what's here. But I just have felt called to share on this episode that it really just landed for me in a different way. I, I Like I said, I understood all of this in my mind. Like, yeah, if I spend all my time thinking that what I want, that my happiness, that my wholeness is a destination, I'm going to miss all the ways that I can experience wholeness right fucking now. Um, of course, I knew that in my mind, but it really has landed in my heart um, in a deeper and more impactful way. And I felt called to offer this to you from my heart because um, I have to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, if you're you know, a human, we all have these um, uh, archetypal human experiences that perhaps it will land in your heart as well in a way that, that it maybe didn't before. Or perhaps it already has and you're just nodding along like, yep, yep, Tara Davy, you figured it out. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> but either way, you know, I am just sitting here seeing myself and kind of lovingly, I'm on to myself as my, as my spiritual teacher, Swami Jaya Devi, uh, the one who is alive and who was a devoted student of Ma, as Ma called her, her spiritual daughter, which is kind of how that lineage connection goes. Um, she'll often, you know, point out when her students are figuring something out, she'll say, you're on to yourself and I'm on to myself and I'm kind of lovingly calling myself out and giving myself a little shit that it's like, okay, you know, I've been practicing for eight years, I think, or this, I believe, is my ninth. Oh my goodness. This is my ninth year of practice and I've done a good bit of inner work um, and I have uh, done 
what I can to release attachment and to work on presence every moment that I can. But it just, I'm, I'm feeling aware that the work never stops. <laughs> there is always a layer to peel back because here I am still working with this really quite fundamental concept of, you know, treating my wholeness like it's a future destination rather than just breathing in. And breathing out and recognizing everything that is whole within me in this moment. And just saying it out loud, I can feel a shift. I can feel the energy settle a little bit. And I'm so curious if you can feel that too, listening on your end. We got to learn to be happy on the way to happiness and the way is happiness the way is being fully where we are with all our hearts in any given moment so this feels like there could not there couldn't be a time a moment other than this one to make the transition into embodied practice into some meditative work to feel our wholeness, our capacity for happiness, um, for, for, and I say, you know, I, I'm, I'm find myself, um, interweaving the words wholeness and happiness because I'm not trying to get into the toxic positivity, uh, state of saying, gotta be happy all the time. I don't think that's what that means. Uh, I think it means gotta remember that we're whole all the time. <laughs> so let's put it into practice. We can't, there's only so much we can do to talk and think our way into it, but we can practice. We can feel our way into to that embodied reality of wholeness. So this is the moment on the Awareness Offerings podcast where we shift and sit for some contemplative practice. So if you are not in a position to do that right now, you might pause and come back when you are. If you are coming along right now, I'll invite you to find a comfortable seat, which is any seat, as long as you can lengthen your spine, as long as you have some space in the center line of your body so that everything can feel you know, connected, supportive, or supported and fluid. You can position your arms and legs however you need to to find that. You can sit wherever you sit, on, on a blanket, on a cushion, on a chair, on your bed. Just a long spine. And as you find your seat for practice, you might settle in intentionally by closing your eyes. Or you could choose, you don't, you don't ever have to close your eyes, you could choose to just soften your gaze here by gazing down the tip of your nose or gazing at the floor. Turning toward yourself. You might support your practice of presence with yourself by beginning some breath awareness, just noticing that you're breathing in as you're breathing in. Noticing that you're breathing out as you're breathing out. No wrong way to breathe here. You don't have to change your breath at all. Just observing that it's happening as a way of bringing your mind, your body, and your awareness into one place. Just continuing to turn toward yourself. And as I say that out loud, 
in the context of this particular episode of this podcast, I'm feeling aware. The insight is sort of arising that, you know, a lot of happy on the way to happiness is a willingness to turn toward ourselves, to see and meet ourselves with compassionate presence rather than seeking anything outside of ourselves to numb or or fix the feelings and experiences that we have to experience everything fully as it is that is wholeness and so you might begin to notice your own experience here I might first invite you to offer awareness to your physical body, what physical sensations you feel, maybe uh, deep awareness of your knees and your hips as you sit for meditation. Maybe you feel the length of your spine growing long, connecting you to your moment, to yourself. Maybe you feel your shoulders, your neck. Maybe there are areas of tension, areas of openness wholeness, right? None of it is good or bad, but you start to observe. Being willing to be where you are as you are on the physical level first. Just holding your body, your physical container for your heart, your spirit, and your practice in presence. And then going to another layer of awareness, you might begin to notice your experience as it is on the energetic level. You might notice how your energy is. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you are energized and awake and alive. Maybe you feel anxious or really peaceful and at ease. Just your kind of your state of being in your moment right now just again no judgment wholeness all parts are welcome so you just notice you hold some space and presence for the for the energetic reality of where you are right now And then going to another layer, you might begin to notice the emotional reality of what you're experiencing right now, what emotions you feel. It could be heartbreak, joy, love, anger, sadness, bliss, neutrality, no right, no wrong, just observing 
being willing to be right where you are and who you are right now. There is no end point. The practice, the moment is now. And if your mind wants to kind of jump you out of that awareness, just holding some presence for the different layers of your experience, first of all, it's okay. That's the human mind. But you can always use a tool that comes from Mahjaya, from the guru of my lineage, who would say, or who would teach uh, folks to just say, not now. Not harsh by any means, but just saying to the mind, I'm not going to think about that right now. And then repositioning the focus on that layer of awareness we're working with right now, which at the moment is just the emotional body, noticing what we feel. It's not always easy and it might not feel straightforward to do that if you're new to it. So you might feel uncomfortable or frustrated and those are also feelings. That is you noticing what you feel. You always have your breath to come to as a simple reality, a simple thing to notice in any moment. And then from this layer of, you know, being willing to turn toward our emotional reality, I'm going to invite you to use that feeling to take your focus right into the center of your chest, just a few inches over from your physical heart. This is the energy center of the spiritual heart, the heart chakra. And you can use any of those three layers of awareness as an access point to settle your presence and your focus in your heart. You could use physical, you could feel the center of your chest, feel the space between your shoulder blades, use that to generate awareness of your heart. You could use energetic, you could feel sort of the, the movement of your heartbeat, sort of whatever essence is with you right now, allow that to land in your heart. You could use emotional, you could, you know, the heart is the center of emotional di- digestion, just like the belly is the center of, you know, physical digestion, heart is emotional digestion. So you could use the emotions you've been noticing as an access point to take you right to their source, right to the heart in the center of the chest. You could visualize, you could imagine light at the center of your chest. You can imagine seeing your own heart, like a focal point behind your closed eyes. You could just imagine the breath moving in through the center of your chest as you inhale. And then out through the center of your chest as you exhale, breathing into the heart. Whatever tools work for you, just making your way into the center of your chest, the heart space.
And as you generate some awareness of your heart, I will offer that you are generating your capacity to be whole, to feel and experience love, gratitude, bliss, quiet, goodness, whatever words resonate and align for you, you are generating your capacity to feel. The heart is the center of feeling, right? Going past the busyness of thinking, dropping into feeling in the heart. But you are generating your capacity to feel those qualities which you seek right now, on the way to whatever it is externally that you're seeking. Just noticing what you find, what you feel, what you experience in your heart as you breathe in and out at the heart space for a few more moments. From this place, on your next inhale, I'll invite you to bring your palms to touch and place your thumbs at the center of your chest if that feels good. This is prayer pose or pranam, a centering gesture that can help kind of ground and center that awareness at the heart. It's also a gesture of acknowledgement. So here you just acknowledge your heart. Many of the great teachers, especially in my lineage, refer to the heart as a well something we can dip into and kind of find what we're looking for and nourish ourselves with. And so here we acknowledge the well of the heart that contains all the qualities we seek, that we can drink from each day. I believe it was Swami Nichananda, though I could be saying, I could be getting the wrong Swami. One of the great Swami's teachers said, you drink fresh water from the well of your heart every day. So we can drink from this heart whenever to remember our capacity to feel, to be, to love on the way to whatever else is coming. So you might offer a little bow to your heart, bowing your forehead to your chest. Then when you're ready, you can lift your head, release your hands, and blink your eyes open. Majaya, my beloved primary teacher, 
said we have to learn to be happy on the way to happiness. Thank you for your willingness to do that deep work of of generating that kind of depth and wholeness today. But something that Ma would also say that I find comforting in when I'm in those very natural, very human moments of impatience is, you know, she would say, it is on its way. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A, T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.